You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. When we go to gamble, we go to lose. Even when we win, it's just a matter of time before we give it all back. This is the Bet Slippin' Podcast from USA Today Sportsbook Wire. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I mean, it's the gambling business. Occasionally get punched in the face. You're listening to the Bet Slippin' Podcast. I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, bet slipping listeners. We got week nine on the docket. Let's do a quick recap of week eight. We went uh, two and two with our best bets. We put, uh, put a little bit on the two double-digit underdogs, the Steelers and the Packers. The Packers covered. The Steelers got absolutely annihilated against the Eagles. And then our other ones was uh, Ravens-Bucks under, which missed, and then Seahawks-Giants under, which hit. So... We're two and two last week. We're gonna move on. We got a we got a good slate ahead this week. But first of all, I want to reintroduce our guest this this uh, this evening. It's uh, Jeff Clark with Outkick. I don't know if you guys know him before, but uh, it's Jeff. Um, how have you been, man? Pretty good. Thanks for having me back, buddy. You went. Uh, what was the total on that Ravens Bucks game? It closed uh, at forty four, right? Or that's what the final game was. Final what was 40- the final score? Oh, 27. 45 and a half is what I gave out. Gotcha. All right. But have you been doing in this uh, NFL season otherwise? Personally, I've been doing pretty well. I haven't really kept track of my record. I know I've been hovering around 500 for most of these weeks, honestly. I haven't really hit a hot or super cold spell, which is kind of meh. Just breaking even. I mean, that's probably the best thing most people can hope for in the NFL, to be honest. Yeah, I know. Uh, so I do that weekly column for USA Today, the Sports Weekly one, where you give out three picks. And I went three and zero last week, and my record's like fourteen and twelve there. So uh, That's sick, dude. Yeah, there's some positivity coming. Just uh, hopefully we can uh, right the ship here a little bit. Um, so yeah, per usual, let's dive into uh, little pay the bills, as you used to say, the good times. So uh, all of our odds this evening are provided by Tipico Sportsbook. Tipico Sportsbook is a leading uh, sorry, global bet sports betting leader and is live in New Jersey and Colorado. You can make your favorite sports more interesting with Tipico's fast and easy mobile sportsbook. New users from this podcast, yes, this one, will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Um, terms and conditions apply. You have to be 21 plus. You can see the site for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER for New Jersey or 1-800-522-4700 for Colorado. You can get your bonus today at usa.com or usabet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. I think I'm up that a little times, but hopefully you can figure it out if that's something you want to do. Uh, Jeff, you ready to dive into week nine? I am. Let's do it, dude. All right, so we got seven games on the docket. We uh we try not to go over them all because no one, no one cares about my Bengals taking on the Panthers at home. They just... They don't. So we're gonna we're gonna start with Thursday night football. Thursday night football this week is the Philadelphia Eagles, who are the only undefeated team in the NFL at I believe they're eight and zero now after that. I don't think they've had their bye yet. So uh seven and zero. Seven and zero, so they have had their bye. Yeah, they were off a couple weeks uh 
two weeks ago, right? Them and the Buffalo Bills. Got that early buy then. So 7-0. Their opening up is massive. 13.5 point favorites on the road. The total set at 45.5. That feels awfully high. You know how I feel about double-digit underdogs. What What are you playing here? Well, I was shopping around on Tipico to see if they had this line, and they didn't. But they will list it uh, Thursday. But I'm I'm hitting the Texans, Houston Texans team total. I'm going under. I found it at some books at 15 and a half. I would play it under 14 and a half. So if Tipico lists it a point lower than where I found it, uh, so be it. But shop around um, if you're not in a Tipico legalized or a state where Tipico's um available then maybe you can get the better number but Houston's offense dude is just an absolute joke I mean people were pretty excited about Davis Mills at the end of last season because he showed some glimpses the the Texans beat the Chargers and scored like 40 points on them but he's been really bad this year the new coach Levy Smith who was a guy that I, I like but he's just not you know, an offensive guy, and he's really not doing anything differently with Houston Texans. A lot can be said that, or I guess he can be excused because their offense is so terrible. But I have them as, like, a bottom three offense. They have the second fewest first downs and the fewest yards per drive in the NFL. This is against the 18th toughest schedule of opposing offenses or opposing defenses faced. So they've played easy defenses for the most part, and they still aren't getting first downs, moving the ball up and down the field. So there's probably going to be a lot of three and outs here, um, which obviously helps the under for the Texans team total. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles do, do have one of the best defenses in the league. Um, Houston actually has a absolute horrible run blocking and pass protection mismatch in this week, according, according to Pro Football Focus. Also, I looked this up through that crazy website that I showed you the other day, you know, killersports.com. Remember that site that I was showing yeah, you? Yeah, the uh, one with, like, where you did the query and the... Where you, yeah. Where, what was that? What were we even looking at? The Kings game or something? Yeah, it was an... I used it for NBA, but you can oh, no, use... Oh, it was Wizard someone. I forget. It was Wizard someone. Yeah, Wizard it was an NBA game. But there's this site called killersports.com, and you can search through their database um you have to kind of know like the code and download the manual and figure out how to input some of the stuff so it took some homework for me but um the options that you can get at the sports you can do is nfl nba mlb um college football but anyways um since 1992 double digit favorites on thursday are allowing an average of 12.2 points per game this is across 31 games. Double-digit home dogs are scoring just 15 points per game in the last five seasons. And uh, Philadelphia as favorites of 7.5 or more in three games since the beginning of last season are giving up just 13.3 points per game and have gone under 15.5 in two of those three games. So the trends line up for this to go under 15.5 Houston Texans. The the situation, the on-paper matchup, I think, um, screams under for the Houston Texans. So that's that's my first best bet this week. Yeah, and I don't think there's anything to be said against that. 
Uh, I will say I personally don't hate playing Houston plus 13 and a half still. I think it might be more their defensive aptitude that shines here far more than their offense. Because you're right, their offense has has not done anything. I mean, they put up 10, uh, 24 on the Chargers, but then 13 on the Jaguars. So they have stayed at least in double figures, which is better than some teams can say. Um, what I will say is the Texans' defense has been better than expected. They sit fifth in opponent's completion percentage, which is an area that Philadelphia thrives in, especially in the red zone, as you saw last week with A.J. Brown um, doing his thing in court, having his career game. So that's uh, that's an area that the Eagles are really good in. They sit sixth in completion percentage, and they've used Hurts more, uh, especially in the offensive pass game this year. They've I think they've channeled back all their running aggression. So, and if, if there is a weakness in the Philadelphia defense, it is in the run game, which is where if tech, the Texans are going to have any success, they're going to have it with Damian Pierce on the ground. So, um, the, the Eagles allow the 29th worst rushing yards per attempt. So they do, they do let up some yardage on the ground. Now I'm not sure how much I'm going to give the Texans offense considering all their woes, like you've said, um, but on the road against a Texans pass defense, it's been good. I don't, I'm not really sure I see the Eagles putting up 27 or 30 points like some teams have, especially because the Texans have played reasonably well as of late. They gave up 17 to the Texans, 6 to the Jaguars. Um, they've been able to do their thing, and I'm still not a full-on believer in the Eagles yet. I think last week they got it was a relatively easy matchup with Watt out. I think Watt would have completely changed that game. So... Um, I don't think the plus 13 and a half is going to be my best bet, but I think it's it's probably the only way I would play this game. I don't think I'm taking two touchdowns on the road. Um, I will also say that for anyone interested in playing the Texans, I would wait because I'm, I'm I feel fairly confident it will get to two touchdowns. Yeah, I don't see anyone coming in on the Texans. They'll they'll come in when it gets up to 14. But yeah, no one's looking at this game thinking, you know what, we're going Texans here. Yeah, and there's certainly not a rush to bet it at 13 and a half, right? I'm sure yeah, there's a bunch of sharp not, people like you. It's, you're not gonna, it's not going right. to go to 12 and a half against the only undefeated team versus the one, what are they, one, four and one, one, five and one. So uh, I don't think there's, a, there's, yeah. not, there's not going to be much love on the Texans. So if you have interest in betting Houston, bet them late. It should get to 14. I, I don't think it's crazy to think that this could get to 15 and a half or 15. No, I don't think that's outrageous either. Uh, a couple things that I'd like to say in response to what you uh, just gave us. Um, more more towards the under of the Texans team total. They just um, held on to Brandon Cooks here at the trade deadline, and I guess he tweeted out some cryptic message and is pretty pissed off. He's, outside of that running back, uh, Damian Pierce and Laramie Tunzel on the offensive line, Brandon Cooks is by far the best offensive player and he was held out of um, practice for meta, uh, for personal reasons. He's obviously pissed off at the team. I wouldn't be surprised if they just, like, released him or let him go because of which. So that just can only further hurt the Houston offense. And I think in these situations where you got a heavy favorite, um, especially with an offense like Philly, which is humming, I think the defense can get competitive. So I think the defense is looking at as like a stats game. Stats for sacks, for interceptions, for safety, shit like that. So I think this defense is going to actually put it to Houston as well. So if if you're like Nate or if you if you if you agree with Nate's analysis on 
Texans plus the points, um, it's most likely going to have to play to an under, right? Because I, I think the best way that Texans cover isn't scoring points. It's a it's a weak offensive performance from Philly. Yeah. Oh, undoubtedly. Because Houston is not putting up 20 points on this team. It's the, it just, there doesn't seem like there's a there's a way it happens. Davis Mills is he might be good, but this team's looking at they should just want uh, C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young next season. This is just a team that needs a needs a leader like that. Yeah, I, I, offensively, I don't see them putting up 20 points. You know, you get a kick return, punt return, touchdown, a, a stupid turnover from Philly. Yeah, maybe, but you can't really handicap like that. And I just don't. I don't see how Houston scores three times. Uh, I yeah. guess two touchdowns and a field goal. Undoubtedly, no doubt, no doubt. All right, so let's move on. We got a Chargers at Falcons. I do have a best bet in this game, so this is going to be on the 1 p.m. slate. The Chargers are going to the Falcons. The Falcons are plus three and a half. There's a little bit of juice on there to minus 117. Uh, the over/under set at 49 and a half. I'll go ahead and give a little bit of my analysis, but I like the Chargers here, and I haven't liked the Chargers a ton this season. But I think it, there's a lot. There's some skepticism around uh, how well they're going to be able to incorporate Keenan Allen back. They haven't been able to have him recently, so you don't. We haven't been able to see their full offense um, be able to really thrive and connect. And then on the other side of the ball, Atlanta's chief concern defensively is in their pass game. I mean, they gave up 300 yards to P.J. Walker, and they have the league's sixth worst completion percentage. Atlanta also has the second worst uh, sack percentage in the league, so it's not going to be getting to Herbert, and this should be the Justin Herbert show. And what what the Falcons do best, what has been able to keep them in games this season, is that they convert in the red zone. I'm not saying they can't do that, but the Chargers defense, need it, it should be playing better than it is. With, with players like uh, James and Bosa and... Uh, Asante Samuel Jr., they, they should be able to be better than they are in the red zone. They sit in this top half of the league in red zone and opponent's red zone score percentage. So they're not necessarily a bad team in the red zone, but they should be better. Um, also, this is just a side note, but the Falcons are 6-2 and two against the spread. That luck feels like it'll run dry. And Atlanta was preseason picked one of the worst teams in the NFC for a reason, and I think eventually that'll show itself. I, I just I think this is a game where you could see the Chargers win by thirty. Um, you hate that? You like the Falcons here? I don't hate it. No, I think you know that it's at least according to the betting splits, it's the public side. But as yeah, long yeah, as you're I, like aware of that, then I've I don't definitely think been a burned by just being like, oh, it's the public side in my life. So, and I feel like so I've uh, I've uh, it's funny you bring that up. So, I haven't proven this yet. <laughs> I need to go back and do my own handicapping on this, but I feel like that only matters in primetime games. If you bet every public... Like, the Browns were underdogs of the public, the, but the Bengals were public favorites last night. The Browns crushed them. I feel like it's more or less kind of... I mean, there's always going to be a public side that wins. You're right. I feel like it's more or less which games have all the money and which games do the public does the sportsbooks need to win versus if they lose Chargers Falcons, it's not going to matter. If they lose Bengals Browns, they're losing money. That's actually a good point that I agree with. I think they're like this game and Chargers game and Chargers games in particular kind of hide on the sports betting menu because no one's that excited about the Chargers and 
something the Falcons have a huge fan base as well. Um, Atlanta's defense is absolutely terrible. Um, I don't know if it needs to be a get-right game for the Chargers, but they better put up 30 points in this game. Um, I took the Chargers to beat up on the Seahawks uh, before they won on their bye two weeks ago. That was obviously a loser. That kind of bummed me out. But So I'm a little like snake-bitten by the Chargers. I can't stand Brandon Staley. Um but I do think it's the right side because Atlanta's defense is banged up and it's just terrible. It's the third worst by DVOA, um, Football Outsiders DVOA. Um, and I actually like really like that one point that you made, um, just about like ATS record regression. Like Atlanta six and two against the spread right now. That's going to even out. It is somewhere or the other. It's going to get there. When was and that's- the last team that went fifteen and two ATS? It's not gonna happen. Or even, I don't know. Even twelve and four, even twelve and four, double double what they've done already. So, well, I actually this is kind of sur- surprising, but I took the uh, the Dallas Cowboys last week laying the lumber against the 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 lion or against the Bears. One of the best bets that I had in a long time because they're one of the few teams that cover at a crazy rate. So, since the beginning of last year, Dallas is nineteen and seven against the spread. That's the that's the best ATS record in the NFL. Um, last year, I know it was really high. Last year itself, they were thirteen and five. And re- you remember when we were doing this podcast together, we were talking about that as the season was going. It was like, holy shit! Remember the Cowboys at one point? I think we're like yeah, we're like eight and one, nine and one, or something like that. Yeah, it was sick. And so, there, I mean, there. I guess, long story short, there is a chance the Atlanta Falcons have a 13-4 and four ATS record, right? But, I mean, probably not. So, I'm with you there. I think that's the strongest point, honestly. It's just the fact that Atlanta's market um, performance is going to come back down to earth, for sure. Yeah, and that's, I mean, it's just a, a spot that I like the Chargers in, too. Yeah, off of a bye, they they kind of need this. Healthier, they should. I mean, you can say should the Bengals should have annihilated the Browns. The uh, I don't know which other ones off the top of my head, but there are a lot of shoulds. So I I guess we'll see, but it definitely feels like the stronger play. It's it's not the chart play. It's not the one where like oh the public's here and blah blah blah. It's not that play, but it's just Herbert should put up three hundred and fifty yards on that defense. Absolutely, and uh, the Chargers right now are the third and final wild card seed in the AFC. Patriots are right behind them at four and four. Uh, the Bengals are right behind them at four and four. Um, the Browns they're three and five, uh, but they're getting back Watson soon. So, I guess what I'm saying is like this is should be in no way, shape, or form a Chargers look ahead. Like they need to win. They they're not winning the AFC West, so they got to get the wild card. So you, you're getting full motivation, I think. Hey, that's what I like to hear. All right, let's move on to another game that people might care a little bit more about, but Dolphins at Bears. Um, now, it's weird because I did most of my research pre-trade de- uh, deadline, and the Dolphins were super active. So I want to see. So they are on this. Uh, most of the things have stayed the same. So the Dolphins are visiting the Bears at Soldier Field. The, the spread is minus four and a half. Dolphins are favorited, obviously. So the Bears are plus four and a half. The total set at 45 and a half. 
I think I'm going to play the over here. <laughs> I love it. Okay, why? Um, I think I love it. Because the Bears don't do many things well. The Bears have sucked this season. But for some reason, they've kind of come on late offensively. And I think the, the, the Dolphins play at such a breakneck pace. And the Bears should try to keep up. Um, and if there's one thing that neither team in this game is good at, it's uh, defending the pass. And you know how you score points in the NFL is you pass. So the this, this Chicago sits 17th in opposing, opponent's completion rate. The Dolphins are 31st. They have good talent in their secondary, but they haven't put it together. Um, so Chicago scored 31 points per game over the last two weeks, and it it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like a Bears offense, but uh, they have been able to score. Whether that leads to wins all the time for them or not is a different story. But they rank number one in rushing percentage, so they like to get the ball on the ground with Fields and uh, Montgomery. And the Dolphins sit 11th in opponent's rushing yards per attempt. So they do give up, albeit not that much, 11th is like a pretty decent spot. They do give up some some motivation some or some movement on the ground. Um, I, I just see the Bears having success here. I see them be able to, I mean, they've they've stayed hot offensively and the, the Dolphins are going to want to speed this game up so fast that 45 and a half seems like a number that should be hit. Uh, let me give you a little help with that stuff. So they've rushed for at least 237 uh, yards in the last three games. Um, um, and two of those games are against, well, one was against Bill Belichick, who I guess New England doesn't have, like, the best defense in the league, but any given Sunday they can, right, right with Bill Belichick. And then last week, uh, the Bears had a lot of success on the ground against the Cowboys, and I think the Cowboys are... Definitely a top three defense in the NFL. Uh, Justin Fields is playing better. I think he's finding his groove over the last three games. He has six total touchdowns. Um, Over those three games, the Bears are converting 48% of their third down attempts, which would be fourth in the NFL if it was extrapolated over the full season. And the Bears just traded for uh, Chase Claypool here at the trade deadline, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver. He's a big wide out who I think is going to help them in blocking, right? He's really physical wide receiver. And Justin Fields throws a really nice deep ball. Chase Claypool is a deep ball threat. So I do think their offense is trending up, and they traded both of their defensive uh, best defensive players, Robert Quinn, at least in the front seven, Robert Quinn and and uh, Roquan Smith. So I really, I, I kind of like that look for the over. Um, but I, I, I spent a lot of time on this game today, and this is one of my favorite bets, at least thus far, recording Tuesday. But I'm, I'm taking the Bears plus the points. Right now they're on Tipico. It's going to be one of the heaviest public fades of the whole day, too. There's yeah. no one taking the Bears. It's four and a half. I would play it down to, to, to four. Um, so last week, Miami in Detroit, they were three and a half point favorites, right? Miami, three and a half point favorites over Detroit in Detroit. This week, they're four, uh, four and a half point favorites over the Bears. Did I say that right? Three and a half point favorites over the Dolphins, yeah, yeah. four and a half they point favorites. Last night, the, or last time, the Lions. No, no they, they did, did cover. cover. Yeah, they, they covered 31 27. Yeah, they covered by a half point, but. They shouldn't have. They were down by 10 in during the second half. 
Like Detroit kind of gave them all they can handle, and then Miami with that breakneck speed that you're talking about gassed them in the second half. But again, three and a half point favorites in Detroit last week, four and a half point favorites in Chicago this week. There's no effing way you can argue to me that Detroit is a one point better than Chicago. No way. I can't. There is not a metric to back that up, right? I understand Dan Campbell covered a lot of spreads last year and made a lot of people money, but on a neutral field, the Chicago Bears are better than the Detroit Lions. If you want to say they're even okay, where's the extra point coming from, Nate? I'll take it. I'll take the points. Like, I, I don't, you don't know. There's yeah, no telling. I, there's no telling. I, I think it's mostly like Justin Fields is is not very capable of beating a team with his arm, right? So there's some of that. I guess maybe the Dolphins like really look like the best offense on the league or one of them with, with Tua. That's fair. But I just don't see how the Bears are one point worse than the Cowboys, according to this line. I have more stuff, right? Like Chicago's the sharp side. They're plus four and a half with extra juice at Pinnacle Sportsbook. There's reverse line movement, according to pregame.com. There's a pros versus Joe's game in VEASAN um, that DraftKings is reporting. So Chicago's the pro side. Everyone who makes money or anyone who makes money betting the NFL is going to be on Chicago here. So, I know the public will be on well, the public will be on the Dolphins, but and the line looks fishy, right? Right? Doesn't the line? Yeah, look yeah, fishy? yeah. Like you on on neutral ground, it if you if you go to a, a random NFL fan, they're going to tell you the the Dolphins are ten points better than the Bears, for sure. So yeah, yeah fishy line for sure. Like it's going to be in everyone's money line parlays, like all that shit. So. I mean, it sucks, but, like, to your point, I, I do think, like, Chicago's offense is trending up. Like, their run game, I think, is going to work, and they're going to find a way to keep it close. All right, and inadvertently won Sainzies on that one. Nice. Good stuff. <laughs> All right, next up on the docket, Bills at Jets. This will be a, this will be an interesting game. Uh, so the Bills are going to MetLife. They're 12-point favorites, so it's Jets plus 12 at home. It's minus 110 both ways. The total's set at 47. I think I might I might end up hammering the under on this one, and it's simply because the, what the Jets have done lately is unfathomably unsustainable, and if this hits, it's because the Bills are putting up 40. And I think the Jets' defense has just been too good to allow that. So let me, let me expound on that a little bit more. In back-to-back weeks... In October 9th against the Dolphins, and then on October 16th against the Packers, the Jets put up 40 and then 27. In those games combined, Zach Wilson threw for 320 yards. You And, and Brees Hall was still active too. You are not. There is, there is no way. I, I'm going to get passionate about this. There is no way the Jets are going to put up 30 points if they don't get over 200 yards, 250 from their quarterback. That is not sustainable in the NFL. It's not happening. Unless maybe you're Derrick Henry. Unless maybe you have Derrick Henry and they have Michael Carter. So, um, yeah, I mean, Sean McDermott at Buffalo will just pack the box and make this guy throw it. Yeah, and Wilson threw three picks last week. My on, Quite frankly, my lone concern with betting the under here is that Buffalo gets two pick sixes. 
Like it's crazy. Right, Buffalo's like, point defense, score or Buffalo's defense scores points. Yeah, I hear field you. turnovers because yep. uh, Wilson had three interceptions last week. But at at the same time, you have to look at the other side. Uh, the Jets have a, a good defense. Uh, they've played well defensively. Sauce Gardner has been terrific. Um, the Jets sit in the top half of the league in opponents' passer rating, opponents' completion percentage, and sack percentage. So they have a good defense. They invested in their defense. They got a linebacker in the first round, Sauce Gardner in the first round. Um, they, they should be able to – I'm not going to say they're going to stop the Bills, but – I think they at least are able to keep them under 30. And it's crazy to say to the Bills team, but that that's kind of impressive at this point. So I, I like the under 47 quite a bit here. Word, okay. Yeah, I don't hate it. Um, I'm going to take the Bills. <laughs> what, are they, what are they right now? Minus 12 at Tipico. Um, you went I, from like the squares. You went from like the most public fade to the to the game that is gonna straight up be all bills on the on the public. You would think, right? But I'm looking at the betting splits right now. It is seventy percent uh, of the cash uh, well, at pregame did, on the bills. We did talk about this last year, though. It is Tuesday. For sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. So let me just get to like the brunt of my analysis because it's mostly a trends based handicap here to be honest and i'm not huge into trends very often but sometimes i'll find them important but so the jets record right now what is their straight up record um it is five and three everyone's kind of excited people are kind of excited about the the new york jets they're in the playoff hunt right now i think they're technically i think the sixth seed in the playoffs right so they look like a good team. Close to half the season's done, right? They're five and three, um, but they're double-digit home underdogs. Nearly two touchdown home underdogs. So it's like Vegas is pretty much confirming your suspicions, which they're not nearly as good as their record, right? Like they've gotten kind of lucky to, to be five and three. Very, very lucky. So double-digit favorites have covered double-digit favorites versus teams with a winning record. Because it's rare, right? A team with a winning record is also getting more than 10 points. It doesn't make a lot of sense very often. Double-digit favorites have covered 11 of their last 12 meetings versus teams with a winning record. Over the last five seasons, they're 8-1 and one against the spread with a plus 8.1 ATS differential. In division... Double-digit favorites versus winning teams with a winning record in their own division. 3-0 against the spread, twelve and uh, plus 12 ATS differential. Um, after week nine, when like the market feels like they've learned about these teams, right? More than half the season or about half the season has went by. Since 1992, I believe, the double-digit favorite versus a team with a winning record is 6-0 and against the spread with a plus 11 ATS differential. So, essentially, by making the Jets plus 13, plus 12, whatever, double-digit home underdogs, the sports books are screaming, take the New York Jets. Like, please take the New York Jets. Like, how much higher could the spread be before Sharps almost have to bet the Jets, right? I mean, they pretty much made it as big of a spread as possible. And if we know one thing about the Buffalo Bills, they 
beat up on bad teams. They're ten six and one against the number as road favorites since two thousand eighteen. Seven four and two against the number as double digit favorites over that span. Four and two against the number against the Jets since two thousand eighteen. So the Buffalo Bills cover against the Jets. They cover as big favorites, and this is a historical spot where. Double-digit favorites just beat up on teams that are much, much worse than the record indicates. And that's what we have here. It's a big number, but again, it's like sports books are just hoping you don't... You, you either bet you bet the Jets because it's like, oh, 5-3, getting 12 points at home. Come on, you got to take them. They're going to get shit-roasted this weekend. <laughs> They're going to get absolutely clowned. Of the, of the three double-digit favorites, the Texans, which literally the Texans... Are now fourteen. I, I kid you not. It is now fourteen. Right. Um. So that didn't take long. But uh, of the Texans, Jets against the Bills, or the other one we'll talk about later is Chiefs Titans. I certainly feel most confident that the Bills could annihilate the Jets. Yeah. All right. So like Philly, Houston. Really, no one wants Philly, or no one wants Houston. Excuse me. Tennessee, Kansas City, it's still early in the week. I might talk myself into Tennessee, if I'm being honest, right? Who really wants to bet the Jets here? And the Jets have a winning record. I, I To me, it's just like the sports books are screaming, please take the Jets, please. We're making this as, we're making this as Jets friendly as possible. Please take them. Like, screw that. I think the Bills are just going to crush them. I think they're going to beat the shit out of them. And like... They were double-digit favorites last week, right? The closing number was 10, 10 and a half. I got it at 10, so I chopped, really. But it was 10 and a half most of the week uh, against the Green Bay Packers. Did you see that throw Aaron Rodgers made to Romeo Dobbs? That that throw and catch? Like, the Packers had no business covering that number. They didn't. Like, they needed, seriously, a Hall of Fame throw and a an incredible catch. Like the guy was well covered. The, the Taron Johnson, the the defensive back of the Buffalo Bills, had his hand in the mix there and could have knocked the ball out. Like Zach Wilson's not making that throw. They're not getting those points. Like this is this is gonna be an ass whooping, an absolute ass whooping. I'm just gonna I'm gonna take it now while it's hopefully still 13 because it's gonna get to uh, 14 for sure. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree. Yeah, let's that. I like it. Nothing, no hate here. I'm I'm never gonna tell anyone to fade the Bills. Let's just go with that. You should just never tell anyone to back the Jets. They're, they're yeah, yeah, they're a goddamn both, curse. Both work in this one. <laughs> All right, let's move on. I don't have a ton on this one. This one is a uh, Seahawks at Cardinals. I think this is probably one of the most interesting games of the week because we have a team that had high expectations coming into the season that's kind of sucked. And now we have a team that had low expectations coming into the season that has uh, been a lot better than expectations. So the And Call of Duty was just released. And you know how Kyler likes his COD. Yeah, Modern Warfare 2, baby. Yeah. Um, so the line right now is 2.5 to the Cardinals. So the Cardinals are minus 2.5 at home. The total's pretty high. The total's set at 50.5. Um, now, this game last time finished 19-9 earlier in the season with uh, the Cardinals at the Seahawks. And Arizona's problem in that game, and one of their biggest chief concerns all season long, has been uh, their red zone percentage. They, they haven't been able to convert them to touchdowns. I mean, 
Kyler Murray ran for 100 yards in that game, threw for 222, and they still weren't able to get in the end zone. Um, now, they do have Hopkins back. He's played an impact, but the, the Seahawks kind of punked them in that game, and I don't think the Cardinals have looked impressive. Geno Smith, I think you kind of can make this point, or you're, I'm sure, going to kind of lean to it, but Pete Carroll's made Geno Smith from a backup to one of the better quarterbacks in the league. I mean, he has the number one completion percentage, and he has strong weapons and a good defense, so... I don't, I don't see a play here um, unless you really want to take the Seahawks with the points. But considering they're five and three versus the Cardinals, who I believe are three and five, I don't, I don't really see that being a being a strong play. That feels more like a trap line to me. Um, Which one, the Seahawks have, or the Cardinals? For the Seahawks, just the plus two and a half feels like you should be. You're five and three. You beat them by ten at home. The Cardinals haven't looked great. It feels like that should be. Almost Seahawks favored. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It does feel fishy. So I'm I'm gonna stay away from that game. I didn't have a ton of analysis, especially since any analysis I have would probably go towards the Seahawks because the um, the Cardinals have had a had a super soft secondary and they haven't really been able to stop a ton of teams. So if there is anything I would play, I would play the Seahawks. But I think ultimately I would stay away. I would play. I would probably play the Cardinals. I'm going to stay away officially as well. This one hurts. This one's tough for me because I thought Geno Smith was going to be a good fit for Seattle. I I love Pete Carroll. I was excited about Seattle compared to market expectations coming into the season. I didn't think they would actually win the AFC West and or the NFC West, and they could. Right, they're first right now. Um, and Geno Smith really looks the part. I thought DK Metcalf was in a missed time. He didn't. He looked fine against my New York Giants last week. So it's just I agree with you in the, or that one point that you made about it feeling like a sucker line or like a trap line. You know, like it feels like the books are kind of begging for Seahawks money. Um, and I'm also a little higher on the Cardinals than the market is uh, coming into the season and probably just moving forward. I know everyone likes to shit on Cliff Kingsbury, but he's done a pretty good job last three years and just from an eyeball test, like Arizona's offense looks a lot better with DeAndre Hopkins out there. Like it does. You know, I know it's a simple thing that, you know, sharp people might not want to give put too much credit into, but like look how bad Cincinnati looked on Monday Night Football with Jamar Chase, right? Like like Kyler needs this guy and and D Hop beaten coverage. Every possession really just helps the offense. So I think I think Arizona is going to play closer to above 500, or at least I know you can't get even 500 unless you make a tie in a 17-game schedule. But I think Cardinals are going to finish stronger than they started. So I'm, this is a pass for me. Yeah, and I don't I don't hate that. Like I said, it, it feels like a line where you would think the Seahawks should be a little bit more favored, and they're not. So I might play it in like a teaser. Yeah, I don't there, – there's not a ton I love about this game, especially considering how Arizona's defense played. I want to say the over, but then 50 and a half is a little too much for me to get, get behind too. Yeah, especially when they just played 19 to 9. But that's yeah, also yeah. that's also maybe the a case for the over, right? They just played 19 to 9. This total is 50 Why and not would it go over? Why – Right. So especially with like scoring being down this year, this 
these two teams combined for 28 points this feels like an under so maybe you zag and take the over but i I'm not going to make any bet right now. I'm not going to give it out on bet slipping, I'll tell you that. Yeah, so let's uh let's move on. We got two two more games. Two fun ones. Rams at Bucks. So this is going to be a repeat of the NFC Championship game a season ago. If you remember that, the Rams won 30 to 27. What were they? They were the the Bucks drew even with like what like 45 seconds left and then that deep ball to cup basically sealed the deal. You remember that? Yeah. Oh, I remember that game. I took, like, several. Like, I took a couple terrible player prop beats there. So, I had over Cam Akers, like, 50 or uh, 36 and a half rushing yards and under Leonard Fournette, 51 and a half rushing yards. And Cam Akers fumbled on the second to last drive for the Rams. Um, a half yard short of his player prop, gave the ball back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on their side of the field. They just decided to run Fournette. Fournette got all the remaining yards and went over his player prop by a half yard. So I lost by a half yard each way, mostly because of a Cam Akers fumble. It was, it was I was like I don't I don't actually yell at my TV often. I screamed at my TV. I was so pissed. It was on then, huh? Yeah, yeah. I almost yeah. So that was uh, do a brick uh, through that shit. Cooper Cup lit them up, 183 yards. Everyone kind of knew that was happening. Um, let's see what else. Anything else notable from that game? Rob Gronkowski went for 85 yards. Fournette was active in the receiving game. I mean, it's it might not be anything similar to that. And obviously, this is kind of. I think we can agree this is a make or break game for both teams this season. I don't think that's uh, too crazy to believe. What the the Rams are three and four, and the Bucks are three and five. The only thing about the Bucks is that their division is so terrible. You know. Yeah, but still, falling to falling to three and six sounds sounds pretty brutal. So I have like a ton of money in the New Orleans Saints uh, from earlier this season or from the preseason. I bet them to make the playoffs and to win their division because I figured okay. If they don't win the division, it's probably because the Bucks have like 10 or 11 wins, but I still think they could sneak into the wild card. Well, now now I need them to win the division to make the playoffs, right? There's no way they make it as a wild card, but they're alive. So I looked this up today. What do you think? Who do you think is the favorite to win the NFC South, and what do you think the price is? I'm going to guess... I'm going to pull it up. The... The Bucks are still the favorite at like plus two hundred. Um, the Bucks. The Falcons, the Falcons are leading it, and the Saints are what four and four. The Saints are three and five. The Panthers are two and six. I think the Falcons are four, four. and four, and then the Bucks are three and five. Yeah, so it's got to be Bucks like plus two hundred, right? Um, the Bucks are favored minus one thirty-five. Falcons yeah, are crazy. plus two ten. The Saints are plus five fifty, and they're alive. I might bet it again. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Like the Saints, they beat the Falcons, so they own the tiebreaker against them. And if they can beat the Buccaneers, like they could steal this division. So I don't know. I to get back into this game, it's like there's, there's, it's not a do or die for the Bucks. And there's still market optimism for the Bucks being able to turn it around. 
I guess kind of one other thing I'm saying is if is if you looked at what the Bucks did last week, it just it wasn't very impressive. I mean, when was the last time Brady got sacked? I mean, it sounds wild, but when was the last time he got sacked three times? When was the last time he was 26 for 44? Like, this offense just isn't clicking. They ranked 25th in third down conversion rate. They're not scoring points, and it just looks like they were a ghost of who they were. Um, and the... The Bucks are going to be going against Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. And the, the defense for the Rams was a key reason why they were able to get to the Super Bowl last year. I think they start to turn it around in this game. I believe this will be Van Jefferson's first game back as well. I think we can check me on that. Maybe he played last week. But um, McVay said he ex uh, expects a normal workload. And that should provide them the deep threat that they were missing. Allen Robinson hasn't, hasn't been all that as the deep threat. And they were kind of missing that Odell effect. So... I'm going Rams plus three. That's all I know. And I feel pretty good about it. Um, now that I'm looking at it, the, the the side that I would take in this game or the way that I would get down on this would probably be the under. Um, it's 42 and a half. According to pregame, 75% of the action is on the over. Um, but it's ticked down from 43 to 42 and a half, right? Um LA's offense is an embarrassment, right? They can't block anyone. It's kind of crazy. And I think the way the Baltimore Ravens bullied the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on primetime last week is going to, like, get more of that defense. Plus, they had a bunch of injuries in their secondary. Hopefully, they can get back a couple of those players off of extended rest. Um, but the LA Rams actually have the the worst offensive expected points added per play in the league. Like, they're behind Houston and Carolina. They're the worst. They are the worst offense in the league, which is a crazy thought, right? It doesn't even make sense, right? And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their offense is pretty trash too. And I think they both... Both teams kind of understand that their defense is going to have to show up um, if they want any chance of um, making the playoffs this year or making a legitimate run. Um, also, like their combined over-under record this year is 4-11 to the under. So if I'm playing this game any which way, I think I'm hitting the under. Yeah. No, I, I, I have nothing against that. You know, you know I'm an under guy. I'm not – especially with how the Bucks. The Bucks have looked. I'm not. I'm not about to go tell you to play Tom Brady. He's, they've just been running the ball heavy, and he hasn't looked good. Offensive line hasn't looked great. So if the Bucks put up over 20, it would kind of surprise me. Yeah, and like last year, I was heavy on the on the Rams against the Buccaneers because my thought is the Buccaneers secondary, while it's got talent, it's beatable if you can keep your quarterback upright. Last year, the Rams had no problem keeping Stafford upright. This year, it is the complete opposite. Like, the, everyone is getting pressure in his face. So, I think that secondary is going to be a little healthier with the extended rest. They're going to be prepped more so after being bullied and knowing they're going to have to carry the water for their offense. And I think Aaron Donald probably just rips apart Tampa Bay's interior offensive line. <laughs> like, he just crushes them. So Yeah, no doubt. I'm, I mean, I'm fully with you on this one. I don't see – I like it. All right, cool. All right, let's move on. Last and final game before going to the window. Um, Titans at Chiefs. The line is 12 and a half. 
No juice either way. Total set at 46 and a half. I, I sat down, I started to handicap this, and I was like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to do it. I think I'm just going to play the Chiefs. Yeah. It's it's hard it's hard because you don't know right now, you don't know what you don't know. And I was looking up and I was like, hey, I don't even know who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Titans. And that matters because if if Willis is starting, what he showed last week means that Chris Jones and their defensive line is literally just going to put nine in the box. Um, Willis didn't show that he can do anything. And then if Tannehill starts, it's kind of a different game. But I also think this line may not even move it. If, if Tannehill's starting, I'll take the 12 and a half for the Titans because I think they are within single digits, especially what they showed last year, especially how good Rabel is. Henry's coming off one of his best games of the season. But if we're being honest, if you don't know who the Tennessee Titans is, I don't who their quarterback is, I don't think you can adequately give out a bet right now. Yeah, that's where I'm at right now. I'm, I love the Titans. Like, I love that organization. I like how they you've play. Always loved Mike Ra- you've always loved Mike Rabel. Yeah. You're just a Mike Rabel guy. A huge Mike Rabel guy. Um, I bet him last week against the, tight, uh, against the Texans. That got home pretty easily. They just crushed the Texans. And their defense is awesome. One of the best in the league. They, If not, uh, no, they're one of the best in the league. Um, but, again, it's like we saw Buffalo's offense torch them and how much better is Buffalo's offense than KC's. Not, not really, right? I mean... Sometimes, but not 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 totally. Uh, I would say their wide receivers are much better, and there's less to be afraid about in that sense for Tennessee. But yeah, like you're saying, I just I'll have a pick for I mean, this game most likely Sunday start. morning or Sunday afternoon. But like Tuesday, I just I don't know. We we haven't seen a one practice yet. We don't know if Tannehill's going to practice at all. No one knows. If your quarterback is throwing ten passes, the Chiefs might win by thirty. Because they're going to know what you're going to do, and I think they should be able to stop Rabel. Yeah. Um, I don't think, I don't I don't think they can work. stop Derrick Henry. I think I think Henry's going to have 150 yards on them. Like, I think he's going to run down their throats. That is always – I mean, that, it's a fair concern. I didn't look up a ton. Is, do, do the Chiefs have a good run defense? No. Is that their weakness? Yeah, I mean, it has been historically. It might be a little bit better this year, but – like, I mean, it's also hard to justify some of those stats because they're typically playing from ahead. So, like, you're looking at, like, opponents right. rushing yards per game. Well, a lot of Chiefs opponents aren't going to be rushing a ton if they're down 14 nothing. Absolutely, yeah. That's actually a great point, yeah. I mean, they do sit seventh in opponents rushing yards per attempt, so... But again, it's Derrick Henry, and it's kind of un- it's kind of hard to predict what Derrick Henry does. And if you're going to look for the primetime fade, like we were kind of talking about, um, I don't know if that that was during the podcast, right? Not before we were about. Um, no, I don't know. We, we've I don't know. We've had one long conversation recording for most of it. I don't remember saying it yeah, again. Yeah, so we were we were kind of talking about. I was talking about my theories that primetime games matter more for the public for the public fade. Is all I, I think was that's in the podcast. And this, and this is a public fade. Yep. And the Chiefs are going to get hammered even at minus 12. Right. And remember everything that I said about the Buffalo Bills, New York Jets, about double-digit favorites against teams with a winning record? It all applies here, right? So I can't just turn around and be like, yeah, ignore everything I just said a half an hour ago and bet the Titans. Ignore my entire favorite take of this (laughs) podcast. Because, like, it's the same thing. And, like, I got racked earlier this year when I took the Titans as double-digit underdogs against the Buffalo Bills. 
the sports books were screaming, please bet the Titans. I fell for it like a sucker. The Bills beat the shit out of them. Like, it can, it can go the exact same way here. So, as of right now, I got nothing. I think if Tannehill plays, this gets down to 10, maybe 9.5. Um, you know, I don't think it gets any lower for, like, teaser protection. Because the Chiefs are, you know, them and the Bills are comfortably 1 and 2 in the AFC. But I... I I just like Vrabel too much, like we were talking about. I like Vrabel too much to lay 13 here, but I can't take it either. So I'm just, I'll, I'll pass. All right, cool. That, that said, let's uh, do our transition, go to the window, let people enjoy their Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whenever they're listening. All right, I got the... The Bet Slippin' Podcast. Going to the window. Feeling the energy after that? Damn right, I'm feeling the energy. All right, let's do it. I got three. I'm just gonna give them out. My two two totals and a side. I got Chargers minus three and a half, uh, Dolphins Bears over forty five and a half, and then Bills Jets under forty seven and a half. Tell them what you got because uh, they might trust you a little bit still. <laughs> All right, so I'll just remind you guys of the three bets that I gave you in this podcast, and I'll and I'll wrap up with one more and a little bit of analysis. I'm going under ten. Uh, under Houston Texans, 15.5 team total. I'd play it down to 14.5 uh, for the Thursday night football game when they host the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm laying 13 is what I just got it at with the Buffalo Bills visiting the New York Jets. Um, I would play it up to 13.5. Um, I'm taking five points with the Chicago Bears at home. They host the Miami Dolphins. And my final best bet I'm going to primetime Monday Night Football. I'm going to under in the Baltimore Ravens New Orleans Saints game. Um, Baltimore's got injury concerns, so their receivers, um, well, pass catchers, Mark Andrews, uh, left the game last week injured, didn't return. Rashad Bateman is going to be out for the next few weeks. Baltimore has improved their defense by adding Roquan Smith. A lot of their secondary is still healthy, and I think Baltimore might have the best secondary. In the NFL, they're going against just an absolute um, ravaged by injury New Orleans receiving core. They got Chris Olave back last week, who's a stud, but they're probably not going to have Jarvis Landry or uh, Michael Thomas back for this game. The pros are all over the under. The Joes are all over the over in this game. Um, and Andy Dalton in primetime is a prequel to Kirk Cousins in primetime. <laughs> <laughs> They're both just absolutely terrible at night. Andy Dalton's teams are sixteen and or six and nineteen straight up in primetime games. He's got a seventy nine quarterback rating and a fifty nine point nine, so slightly below sixty percent completion rate. Again, Baltimore's secondary is absolutely stacked. So I don't see Andy Dalton beating the Baltimore Ravens through the air. I do see New Orleans offense having success on the ground which is going to eat up, obviously, yards and a lot of clock. But I think Baltimore ultimately gets Andy Dalton off the field on third and long or forces them to kick field goals instead of touchdowns. So I'm going to take the under here because uh, the last thing is I do think the Saints have the perfect linebacker, one of the best linebackers to defend Lamar Jackson. Demario Davis, the middle linebacker for the Saints, is one of the best in the business. That's so. Say it again. All right. I said he's a stud. Yeah, yeah, he's a beast. 
All right, I like it. Little, little extra analysis to, to cap off the episode. Uh, why don't you tell them where they can find you? Forgot to do that earlier. They know where to find you. No, nah, it's you all going? good. I appreciate it. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm now a handicapper for outkick.com, so you can find my daily handicaps published for all the big sporting events. Obviously, NFL, NBA are my specialties. I also hit baseball and golf, outkick.com, and I do a podcast called Outkick Bets with Jeff that I got to bring Nate on here before the end of the NFL regular season um, to do a weekly breakdown, but it's on Spotify, Apple podcasts, wherever you get podcasts, it's outkick bets with me, Jeff Clark. So, yeah, yes, sir. Well, as always, I appreciate you coming back. Uh, thank you. And to all those listening, be sure to rate review subscribers, wherever you're listening uh, to your podcast, Just give us that rating and uh, hope you guys uh, fade or follow. Hope you have a great week. All right. Deuces. Peace, Nate dog.